ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. <laughs> It's time to watch your favorite TV program. Hit record on your VHS player. Tune in your NES and join Alan Price and Chris Vint with their views as we deploy Operation Retroshock. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Operation Retroshock. It is part two of our Rocky specials, which means it is once again I, Alan Price, Chris Vint, across the room from me, and across the pond, Mr. Ryan Porter. Hey, that yo. Was, that was really sort of sports intro there. <laughs> it really was. It really you really got to stop watching like sports and Rocky films, you know, just to get these, you know. And across the pond is Ryan Porter. Doing that. Yeah, look at James. And the crowd goes wild. going wild. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and the crowd. Then why not? Why shouldn't they? <laughs> the crowd's going wild as Apollo's dying in the ring, and of course that leads us on to, ladies and gentlemen. Today, the Soviet Union has officially entered professional boxing. <laughs> This is not just an exhibition fight, but this is us against them. He would like to compete against anyone who is qualified. Drago is the most perfectly trained athlete ever. Whatever he hits, he is strong. No, he could stop the fight. could have saved his best friend's life. But now, the one thing he can't do is walk away. Has the fight date been set yet? December 25th. Where? It's in Russia. Are you nuts? Miss Balboa, when will you be going to Russia? I'm not going to Russia. I don't know what you're talking about. He's had one professional fight, and one man is dead. To Pee He's going to have to kill me. Why can't you change your thinking? Because I'm a fighter. going to dive straight in at it. So, after the intro we see the huge He-Man 
I mean, Ivan Drago. I put that in there, Ryan. I put that in there. I had a feeling. <laughs> we see huge He-Man man. He is Ivan Drago, of course, being put into the film as a Soviet boxer. Ooh, mystery, Russia, craziness. Apollo is the first to accept an exhibition match with the devastating results following us. Me and Chris have just seen uh, on the screen here. Um, what did we think of Drago's introduction and first bite, Ryan? Uh, well, it's, it's, I guess it's appropriate. It's nowhere near as uh, entertaining as we were talking about in the last episode of uh, Clubber Langs and how effective that was. But this is essentially uh, like a superhuman, really coming in to American boxing or, whatever, or boxing in general, whatever you want to call it. And uh, this is uh, this unstoppable monster, which is saying so many things politically and socially. And, and we'll get into that later, I'm sure. But um, it's it's good. It's a good debut, but it, it's no it's no Clubber Lang debut, that's for sure. Chris, yeah, it's. This is like Clubber Lang if you were to suck all the charisma and all his persona out of him and you just got yes. this stale-faced, you know, if he dies, he dies. Uh, you just have like this really hard-nosed, um, take no prisoners, no pun intended, Russian, you know, like who's just basically just going to annihilate everyone but he's not going to show any emotion about it. Um, he's just going to be like a big piece of iron as we'll talk about later on. But do you think that's them trying to uh, play up to the fact of the way Russians were just always portrayed in movies as an unemotional? Yeah, you can do that, yeah, but whenever you're doing a film, is it not important to have somebody to for Rocky to bounce off? Like, obviously mm. you've had Apollo Creed, who is so charismatic and stuff, and then you have Clubber Lang, who... Um, just thinks he's the dog's you-know-what, whereas <laughs> Drago just really sits there and lets other people do the talking for him. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a case of, and we keep going back, like professional wrestling, if somebody doesn't talk, then you have a mouthpiece for them, which is kind of what they've done in Rocky Four. Mm-hmm. It really is, it's a completely different style of an intro. Clubbers was this sort of a mysterious, really you know up-and-comer, um, whereas in this... As you have both mentioned, he is just so... He's just such a statue of a face on him. It's mm-hmm. just like there's nothing there. Nothing's coming through. It's He's got like a perfect poker face, you would say. <laughs> um, but I do just love the fact of... And again, we'll probably get on to it in a bit. Is You see just a wee hint of what his training regime is at the beginning to try and set it up. And it's again, you're so you would like, uh-oh. Um, but... It just as it's not as big an uh oh as I will say as we experienced with Clubber Lang. Of course, as we mentioned, there's devastating results in the exhibition match. But before that, Apollo enters the arena to James Brown's uh, James Brown himself actually singing "Living in America." Uh, was it nice to see Apollo back to his flamboyant self, Ryan? Um. Yes. Uh, um. Obviously, this scene is is quite over the top. It almost makes uh, Thunderlips seem uh, average and boring um, with with how over the top this scene is with James Brown himself and the whole song and dance and the fireworks and, and Apollo going back to being Apollo. I don't know why we didn't talk about this in the last episode with the first one, but <clears throat> Apollo is essentially Muhammad Ali, and for him to not be dancing around, running in his mouth a mile a minute is is very weird. 
So it's great to see him essentially, well, unfortunately, this is kind of how he goes out. He goes out in style. Um, and it's very, it's just a very awkward, weird scene. This movie, as we'll discuss, is certainly my guilty pleasure of not only the Rocky movies, but movies in general. I love this film. There's no reason for me to. But um, <laughs> this, but, and, and because of that, this scene kind of gets a pass. Like, you enjoy it. James Brown is, is I mean, he's, he's the godfather soul for a reason. Apollo's doing his thing. Drago's in the middle of it, just deer in the headlights, which I'm not so sure is really acting. That's probably just how he is. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, it's a great kickoff to the movie. Like, this is what, this is, prepare yourself, because this is what you're going to be in for. Chris? Um, yeah. As Ryan said, you know, like, it's great to see him coming down, you, you know, like, he kind of is showing no fear, so did he get the upper hand on Rocky on the end of Rocky 3? Is that why he's back to the flamboyant mm-hmm. self? Is that why he's using confidence, he's that's showing a, no fear, you know? That's a really awesome point, actually. I never that thought That is of, actually very That good is really point. cool, yeah. You know, so he's... Is that, he's, is that why he jumps in and says, I'll take him? Yeah, so, you know... It's a case of, you know, whenever he's talking to Rocky and Rocky says, like, oh, but you were tired, you've been retired for one, though, and Apollo's going, yeah, but, you know, like, I want to fight, you know, like, it's in our blood, it's like, again, wrestlers, you know, like, it's in their blood once they've retired, aka McFoley, how many times do you come back saying you were tired and you come back and then you keep doing it, um, but, you know, it's just a case of that maybe that's why he's back to himself, maybe it's a case of not Rocky through the fight, but maybe Rocky give him that little bit of an edge because Rocky's the world heavyweight champion he's got all he's got all the um, confidence in the world whereas you've kind of got this guy who lost the fight retired on a bit of a diner then trained the champion you know so kind of lifted up a bit so maybe that's why I really really do love that point I really love that point well said Um, for me I find the Again, as Ryan says, really, really over the top, and it's obviously a case of Sylvester Stallone thought we always have to we have to have something, but it's also really I I love James Brown because it's a movie. Hopefully, we'll talk movies. Maybe we'll speak about it on here in the future. Uh, Blues Brothers. He makes an appearance in that. Yes, I just love awesome. I just love the sort of guy James Brown is, and he he kind of bounces well off Apollo Creed because. You know, it's living in America. Apollo Creed sees himself as Mister America, nearly. Yeah. You know, wearing the flag, shorts, and the hat, and all that sort of stuff. But I think it not only does it lull us into a false sense of security here with this match, because we think you know Apollo's back. He's you know he's looking well, he's feeling well, and then of course we know what happens. But it's just got that really sort of dark edge to it. Because obviously you just see Drago standing in the ring. He doesn't make an entrance. He comes up. You see the lights appearing as the shutters open above. And the ring raises up. And he's just like standing there. It's just like... "Mm." It's just putting that slightly dark tinge on the moment. It's almost just like... Seeing the two cultures just totally clash. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Apollo instructs Rocky, of course not to stop the match under any circumstances. If it was us, would we have thrown the towel in and not let such a great person pass on, Ryan? Uh, If it was me, I'd have to say I would have thrown in the towel. Uh, Not only because it's my friend and 
and I, you know, I'm trying to protect him, but I'm a bit, a bit of a sissy. If I see somebody getting beat up like that, <laughs> I would, I would certainly want them to throw in the <laughs> you towel. Being an awesome boxer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, that would have been the shortest career of all time. You would have um, been like one of the main, main people in like Punch Out. That would have been you, like the first yeah, character. Jo- you made. Jo- Joe Glass. That, that's me all the <laughs> time. Um, I, and I'd like to think that if I was being pummeled mercilessly, uh, that someone would throw in the towel for me. Um, why he didn't throw in the towel is is beyond belief. I mean, he's standing there with it. He's he's being told not to. He's He's, he's seen Apollo just basically being beat, literally being beaten to death, and he doesn't throw it in. It's really, it's one of those moments, but I think it happens so that Rocky has this, emo- obviously it's it's there, so he has this emotional weight, not just that Apollo's dead, but maybe he could have prevented it. So that's why it's there, so you kind of want to let it pass, but at the same time, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I would have thrown it at all. <laughs> let's, just, let's just wrap this up before I, my head explodes. But yes, I would have absolutely thrown in the towel. It really does set up for very, very well, but it's just your like your th- you can't help but think of it as a real situation. Like if your friend was to turn around to you and say, "Right, I'm going into this boxing fight. Do not stop it under any circumstances." Yet he looks like he's right about to die at any punch he's about to take. I threw the towel in for you, Alan. Oh, thanks, Chris. I appreciate that. I probably threw the towel at you, but I threw the towel in. Oh, dear. But I would like to think, you know, if you were a normal human being, that no matter if you had made such a promise to your friend, that you would be smart enough to think, I'm, you know, I'm not going to let him die. Well, we'll put it this way. Would it be easier for you to incur the wrath of, say, in this case, Apollo Creed, or, you know, like, something that they never really touched on was Apollo's wife you know like you never saw like the fallout between Apollo's wife and say the Balboa family Yeah. you know like almost like even if Rocky was to read the newspaper or Adrian you know because we know what Rocky's reading is like and it says you know um, whatever her name is Mrs. Creed Mrs. Creed blames the Balboa Rocky Balboa for the death of her husband you know like now it's kind of you know their their sons are going to grow up fatherless because of Rocky's um, selfishness of not throwing in the towel but at the same time as their husband's pig head in this personally speaking I would rather throw in the towel and make sure that his family um, were well looked after because he was still in the land of the living rather than being six feet under I think it, the best the best alternative would be for Rocky to throw in the towel and Drago not quit because it it absolves Rocky of responsibility but also makes Drago that much more of an obstacle. Mm. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, obviously, uh, while Apollo is getting medical treatment, uh, Drago says if he dies, he dies. How well did this sum up the character of Drago, Ryan? Uh, about as well as you can sum up a character in five words. It's uh, it's a perfect. It's very it's very Terminator esque, which may be a little corny. And the whole movie's corny. We 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 know this, but we love it anyway. Um, and it's just one of those. Is I don't know. Is this the first time he speaks in the movie? No. Um, the first time he speaks is whenever Apollo hits his hands and goes, "You will lose." Oh yes, that's right. Okay. Because so, I've just seen him do that, so that's how I know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, well I wasn't sure. I knew I knew he didn't speak at all leading up to it and that the, the uh uh press agent and his wife or whatever that guy is, um Who do all the talking for him. Off Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone and Indeed. He just turn into right nut job. 
Flavor Flav! Anyway, uh, <laughs> enough about that. No, it's it's a great line. It, it sums up the character and the situation and sets up the rest of the movie, uh, Like again, as perfectly as five words ever could. Or three words, I guess, technically. Yeah, um, just as Ryan says, you know, it basically just sums up that this guy really doesn't care. You know, like instead of going, you know, like like most boxers would say, like like I'm, I hope he's all right. You know, best wishes to the family. You know, like this is just, it's just pure stone cold. It's just a case of he doesn't care. He doesn't show any emotion. He doesn't care about anyone else. He's just there to box. If there's somebody in front of him, he'll pummel them to within an instant of life or just take their life he doesn't care so yeah it's just it's just a way to um show how emotionless he is and to see that obviously later we see rocky take him on so how is he going to overcome this obstacle he's going to grow a beard <laughs> um i have to agree i thought the point about it's almost terminator like is nearly perfect to this character is yeah if he just had shades on whenever he said if he dies he dies yeah would have been perfect. yeah yeah but it's basically, he's almost zombie-like. He is in such a sort of trance, and I don't know whether that's about the steroids he's getting pumped into him or anything like that. Um, but he is just basically so one-dimensional. It's just like, I will follow my primary protocol, and that is to destroy anything in my path, no matter the consequences. So if he dies, he dies. It is just, it is the perfect summing up of the character. Obviously, we hinted at this in the last episode. Again, back to the music. We are introduced to our new music track for this film, No Easy Way Out, playing while Rocky is driving his car, thinking about Apollo and all the, all the times he's had with him. Did we like this track, and where would we rate it in terms of the tracks? Ryan? Uh, I like this track a lot. It, again, like the movie, it's a little over the top, but that's all right. But in terms of songs from this film, it's third, despite me liking it. Um, the... Um, the uh, hearts on fire, burning heart. Bur- bur- burning heart is the title song, right? During the, with the gloves and everything. Um, no, it's when he gets in Russia. That's burning heart when he arrives in Russia. And then the training montage of hearts on fire is yeah. is better than of the tiger, in my opinion. I love that song. Like that, we talk about going to the, when my fat ass rarely gets to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Bur- I've burning never seen heart. your ass, so I can't comment. Thankfully, Ryan. Uh, if even if you had, I'd appreciate you not commenting. Thank you. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, Burning Heart is a fantastic montage song. A No Easy Way Out certainly fits the montage that it serves of him dealing with Apollo's death and, and Drago and everything. No Easy Way Out is a great song, and it works. But for me, in the film itself, if we're not going to talk about songs again after this, uh, Burning Heart is... Uh, or Hearts on Fire, I'm sorry. Hearts on Fire is just... It's awesome. It's better than Eye of the Tiger, in my opinion. That that is obviously we mentioned the songs in the last episode. Definitely for me, Hearts on Fire has to be my favorite song in these entire movies. There is just something about it because you mentioned if you were at the gym, how stoked up would that get you? You'd just be thinking you may be on the treadmill, but I could be climbing that mountain in the snow. Yeah, and then you think of um, Family Guy and go like, hey, this guy's got a gym, I think he's going to take us, you know, whenever um, Luke's training in Dagobah. Um, I would say that mine, I, I love all the musical tracks from this, but I would probably say that No Easy Way Out is probably ranked up there for mine. Um, I don't know what it is about that track. I just love it. It's on, like, whenever I make a playlist, it's one of the the 
musically based one from films that I would then put in. I just love the track, but um, I do like Hearts on Fire, Fire and Burning Heart as well. I'm not too fond on living in America. Maybe it's the fact I don't live in America is why I don't like it. I don't know, <laughs> but that would probably be my least favourite in Rocky Four. It's not saying that, you know... Um, it's just the other ones are really high up the list, whereas that one kind of isn't. Living in America is ridiculous, even when you live in America. So don't. don't <laughs> That's it. I don't feel. <laughs> don't so worry bad. about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's okay, Chris. You're fine. You're fine. Um, obviously, as we mentioned about Hearts on Fire, Rocky travels to Russia uh, to face Drago in a non-sanctioned, non-sanctioned match, even. Uh, and again, his training takes on a new twist. Of course, he has the trainer of Apollo with him. Obviously, we have Tony, um, because, of course, Mick passed away in the last film. What did we think of Rocky's training regime this time in the snow and various other training methods? And, of course, his mighty beard, Ryan. Um, this one is a little different in... The, the last episode we talked about the first couple of movies where he's got to change and adapt and here it's not so much that he's changing and adapting but his training style versus Drago's training style Drago's in this state of the art multi-million dollar facility uh, steroids uh, a funny but um, <laughs> very high tech equipment uh, Rocky is essentially down on the farm lifting rocks pulling uh, horse and buggies, the whole... I, I'm not a farmer. I don't know the terms for any of this stuff. But the stuff you hook the cows up to to till the fields, he's, he's using that. He's using... It's, it's very, very, very old school. He is the Ewoks to Drago's Empire. And it's... Yeah, it's just that dichotomy as opposed to in the earlier films, he's changing. It's, this is the, the contrast. I've always figured out, I've just figured out actually why um, Ryan likes um, Polly so much is because in this one he always says, where am I going to get my comics? That's the reason why Ryan Porter likes Polly in this film, isn't that right? I, I, do, I do love that line, and I would yeah. be concerned too if I was in the middle of nowhere in Russia. <laughs> even, even in how, Russia. How am I going to keep up on the exploits of, of Spider-Man? That would be my and, first and Polly's just fell in the snow. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I I would say that um, obviously we just see him, you know, like we've seen him go back to basics now. It's a case of you know, we're like he's he's lifting the rocks, he's lifting like the cart and putting them in. He's running in the snow, he's running up rocks, and you're seeing the comparison between, as Ryan's just eloquently put it, you know, the Empire against the Ewoks, but this time as well, the, the Ewoks have beaten the Empire, uh, not by much, but sticks and stones will break your bones. Yeah, but you can't use him in the boxing ring. Um, so, yeah, his beard was impressive in this, but uh, actually more impressive in this than it was in the Expendables, the big goody beard. Should have grown a full beard for the Expendables. Well, he wasn't fighting Russians in the Expendables. Well, maybe, maybe, an ex- maybe, maybe in Expendables 2, it'll be Russians, and he'll have yeah. a full beard on. So, <laughs> But it is, again, this training montage is made by Hearts on Fire for me. It is completely out of left field in comparison to his previous training styles. Um, and I think one thing you both didn't mention was the fact of he's, they're following him about, the Russians are following him about the place while he's doing all this, trying to keep a track of him, which is why he keeps going further and further with the training yeah. style, running up the mountain, so basically they can't follow them, him in their Mercedes with chain link wheels and all that sort of stuff. It really, it's a nice and different thing. It's basically, he's making do with what he has. 
and of course it actually works out for him. Um, obviously during the bout with Drago, Rocky says he can see three of them out there. Polly says hit the one in the middle, which Tony says right, hit the one in the middle. Is this the cor- one of the corniest lines in the films, Ryan? Uh, if it's not, it's got to be close. It's, it is completely ridiculous. Not to mention the fact that, that this guy has already killed Apollo and now is, is beating the tar out of Rocky and they're making light of the fact that Rocky's got probably multiple concussions. But it should be okay for him to just go ahead and, and hit the one in the middle. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a low point in a movie where you accept low points that that point dips even further down. Fair enough. Chris? Uh, yeah, it's just every time I see that, I was just like, that is the worst advice I think I've ever seen that is outside of a cartoon, right? Hit the one in the middle. What if it's not the one in the middle? What if it's the one on the left-hand side? Um, why not say to them, right, we'll try and hit one of them and see what happens, and then if that doesn't work, try and hit the other one. But you don't see Rocky, like, aimlessly swinging around trying to hit the one in the middle, and he's trying to hit the one on the left or whatever, but yeah, it... It would definitely have to rank up there. I'm sure there's pretty, pretty corny lines in the fifth one. Not that I can remember much about the fifth one, um, which we'll touch on later That's on. That's maybe for the best. Yeah, it is. But um, as Ryan said earlier on, you know, like this film is corny, and we love it. I just don't love that corny line. <laughs> it really is up there when it comes to terms of corniness. Obviously, and Chris may punch me here. I would say uh, Hulk Hogan probably had quite a few. Shut your face. <laughs> Had quite a few of the corny lines in this series of films, simply in number three. Um, but this up there, because that's basically just like saying, flipping in Pokemon, flipping, go hit, hit go hit, flipping Mr. Pidgeotto guy in the middle sort of thing. It just, it's insane. If you were in a boxing ring, that is not the words you would want to hear coming from your guys in the corner go hit the one in the middle it'd be brilliant if it was though if you saw like say I don't know if you saw like Mike Tyson at the height of his career winning the championship belt how like, did you win, win? go like oh, yeah, the the guy, the <laughs> yeah I hit the one in the middle yeah and then I'm gonna go on Crocodile Dundee yeah and then it's just like yeah okay whatever you know like instead of hitting the one in the middle maybe he heard bite the ear I don't know but um, that's just that's like the leprechauns telling people to set things on fire and stuff like that. <laughs> of course, Rocky then takes to the microphone after beating Drago and talks to the crowd, kind of relating the whole bout itself to the Cold War. Was this an interesting but good end to the film, Ryan? This was a good end to this film. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a good end to a film? No. This is easily we talked I talked or I talked I guess last episode about you fight great but I'm a great fighter being one of my favorite lines of all time. This is easily one of the best worst speeches in movie history. <laughs> this this only has I would think uh the president at the end of Independence Day to compete with for the top spot. Oh, it's it's so corny and awful but I I love it. I love this movie. I can't get over it. And when he, the whole I started to change, you started to change, if I change, everybody can change, and it's so stupid, it's so ridiculous, <laughs> but it's awesome, I love it at the same time, I can't, I can't get over it. So for this film, it's a fantastic ending. In, in, in cinema history, it, it belongs on a very different list, but one I would, would honor all the same. I've got to agree, what about you, Chris? Yeah, it's... It's one of those things, you know, you're just, if you were in the cinema and that was the end of the film, you would have just went, what? 
what is there something after the credits that we've missed and then like Rocky goes out and goes like oh, yeah you're stupid you know um, but <laughs> no it's just again it's a cheesy film but it doesn't deserve that cheesiness of an ending you know like with all the people then chanting the name it's just like it's just like the fact that John Cena's went into all these hostile places and they boo him but they don't start cheering him so why didn't they just leave it at that and go like Rocky saying that he overcome hostility and then you all still hate me but I'll like you and I don't know but anyway I, I like the film I just hate the ending of it fair enough well that is pretty much Rocky 4 it is time to take a little break and prepare ourselves for what is about to arrive that is of course if the- it was only that easy <laughs> it is of course Rocky 5 sorry, oh, sorry. I, just, I just threw up my mouth a little bit I'm sorry um, see you after Rick folks <laughs> we're sorry what's up folks you are listening to Operation Retroshock with crazy cool Chris Vent and awfully awesome Alan Price if one of your favorite retro memories happens to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and by all means, check out Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk on PopCultureNetwork.com. Every week we get reacquainted with old friends from the original Playmates TMNT toy line. Fab Four fans, new and old, won't be sorry for checking it out. That's Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk, and you can only find it on PopCultureNetwork.com. Hi, this is Larry Candy, the voice of Lionel from Thundercat. You're listening to Alan Price and Chris Vince on Operation Retroshock. Thunder, 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 Thundercat. Oh! You're listening to a podcast on PopCultureNetwork.com. Be sure to head on over to the site at www.popculturenetwork.com to check out more podcasts and videos featuring toys, comic books, video games, and all the things you love. And while you're there, be sure to check out the Pop Culture Network store, where everything you purchase helps to keep us producing. Just head over to popculturenetwork.com and click on store. From a million to one shot, he became a true champion of the world. Now, the glory. Because of the continuous violent blows to the head, the effects are irreversible. The crowds. My husband is retired. He has nothing more to prove. And the money are gone. You lost millions. I still got my place in the old neighborhood. His title is in the hands of a new champion. He might win a few fights, but he's no Rocky Balboa. Controlled by an unscrupulous promoter. This is your medical report. It's not so good, but we can work around it. All that's left is his family. We've been down before. I'll get it all back. His heart. I gotta fight, okay? I got problems, I gotta fight. And a dream. A dream to get it all back. This is a tremendous opportunity. Opportunity for who? For you to make money for him to be disabled? You know he can't carry Balboa stuff. As long as they got Balboa on the brain, he'll always be champ. Gotcha. 
challenge every man to fight. And if he refuses, then you gotta insult him. You gotta dog him. You gotta humiliate him. You gotta do whatever you got to do to get him into that ring. Hey, Tommy, you're a piece of garbage, you know that? That's it! You told him I'd fight anywhere, anytime. In the ring, in the ring. Tommy Gunn only fights in the ring. My ring's outside. Yeah? Let's do it. Come on, Tommy, knock me out! Okay, welcome back from the break folks. Uh, we understand that um, we have some issues um, on the line. It's called uh, Rocky Five. Um, so this is going to be very much like in some um, quiz shows. A quick fire round. So Ryan. The lightning round. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, don't hold me back. The lightning and crap thunder round. Um, after returning <laughs> from Russia, Rocky loses his house and has health issues. Uh, was it sad to see the slow decline of the Balboa family, Ryan? Uh, it was sad, but they don't give you a reason to care. Okay, Alan? Aye. Uh, yeah, it was pretty sad. Uh, made me cry. <laughs> um, Ryan, this is considered the weakest of the six films. What, if anything, do you enjoy about this film? Pass. <laughs> <laughs> there's, not, there's nothing redeeming in this movie. Okay. I'm sorry, absolutely nothing. Alan? Um, can I go for double bonus points or anything like that? No. No, then I pass. Okay, <laughs> I would say that it ends. Um, Ryan, we see, the, we see the transition of Rocky from boxer to trainer with Tommy Gunn. Did Rocky make a good trainer? And did Tommy show characteristics of his trainer? Uh, no and no. Unfortunately, the transition of Rocky from boxer to trainer should have been the natural progression. And it should have been awesome. But uh, we know what happened. Okay. Alan? Muck. Okay. I would say no. And I don't really care for Tommy Gunn. He was a bit of a little bee. Um, Brian, <laughs> oh, hey, was it odd to see the shorts that Apollo gave Rocky be passed on to Tommy Gunn? And do you think they were washed? If well, I would hope so. If by odd you mean criminal <laughs> and completely out of character and making the shorts completely meaningless, then yes, it was odd. Um, as Ryan said before the break, when I saw that happen, I threw up a little bit in my mouth. It was. <laughs> um, I call that blasphemy. Is what I call it. Um, one grand fighter to one rubbish fighter so uh, and lastly um, Ryan uh, <laughs> we would then see Tommy who would be taken managed by the Don King of the Rocky world <clears throat> in inverted commas was this an interesting twist in inverted commas since we didn't acknowledge Rocky's help he didn't not us uh, well of course he didn't because again it's the Don King of the Rocky universe <laughs> which makes sense because we've had our Apollo Cru- or Muhammad Ali of the Rocky universe um, and I guess I just thought of something I do enjoy about this film is that he does beat the living crap out of Tommy Gunn in, in the street. That was cool. But, um, yeah, nothing about this movie is interesting. So there we go. It, this movie <laughs> is really, really a waste of your life. You could, probably watch, you could probably watch the first about ten minutes of this movie to sum up where Rocky's life has become in the sense of his family, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then you could finish this movie and then start the next movie that we'll be talking about. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as Alan and I have normally said, we would like to do is this is rubbish shock. Um, I think we've just done that. Um, join us after the break for Rocky Balboa and upcoming soon on Operation Retro Shock, the Rocky Five commentary. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, <laughs> join us after the break for Rocky Balboa. Hey guys, I'm Rob Bass from Not Mitten Box, and you're with Chris Vint and Alan Price, and this is. Operation Retroshock, only on the Pop Culture Network. 
Hi, guys. I'm Brock from Pokemon. Remember, I went traveling with Ash and Misty? I'd rather travel back in time with Alan and Chris on Operation Retroshock. <laughs> Maybe they'll be girls. Hello, this is James Etook. If you like 80s cartoons, and let's face it, how could you not, then be sure to pick up a copy of Serial Geek Magazine, the glossy 100-page ad-free magazine dedicated to GoBots. And somewhat more importantly, He-Man, She-Ra, Thundercats, Transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, etc. Head on over to www.serialgeek.com. That's cereal as in breakfast cereal. Go there now and pick up the animation magazine dedicated to 80s cartoons. Go now. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Who was the greatest? Who was the best of all time? If two athletes from different eras could actually compete against one another, who would come out on top? In one corner, the reigning champion at Mason the Line Dixon. He'll be pitted against the former two-time heavyweight champion, Rocky Balboa. Computer says Rocky Balboa would be triumphant. I think there's still some stuff in the basement. What basement? In here. I think I want to, like, fight. You know, nothing big, small stuff, like locally. What are you trying to prove, Pop? I thought you might want to get involved. Don't you think you're too, you know, old? I think your brain's losing altitude. <laughs> you heard Rocky Balboa applied for a license. You want me to fight a guy that I can beat with both hands tied behind my back? That computer fight got a lot of people curious. Yeah, but I ain't interested in getting, like, mangled and embarrassed. <laughs> People are going to think you're going crazy. What's crazy about standing toe-to-toe -to -toe saying, I am? If this is something that you got to do, then you do it. Fighters fight. To beat this guy, you need speed. You don't have it. You've got calcium deposits on most of your joints. So sparring is out. I had that problem. So what we'll be calling on is blunt force trauma. Heavy-duty punches that will rattle his ancestors. Yeah. Let's start building some hurting bombs. Yeah, yeah, we play. Hockey, the press is labeled you a Balboasaurus. How do you feel about that? It's a fight, it's a fight. Head, bust, head, bust. We gon' hit him with the Larry, why is this billed as an execution? It's a fight, head, bust, head, bust. It's a fight. It takes guts climbing back in that ring, knowing you're gonna take a beating. It's over. You tell them over till it's over. Where's that from? The 80s? That's probably in the 70s. And welcome back to this final segment in our Rocky two-parter episodes. Some time has passed since our last segment. Um, the last segment was almost as long as the trailer for it uh, in the lead-up to that. So I think it was a little uh, bit longer by maybe a second or two, but... but it was certainly better. Split decision. Split decision, yes. Mm -hmm. Um... This movie, it is not called Rocky Six, of course. It is referred to as Rocky Balboa. Nice wee twist. Like Star Wars, this film is some 16 years after the tragic uh, Rocky V. Was this film worth the wait, Ryan? Yes, yes, yes. A million times yes. Um, I actually am a huge fan of this movie, and certainly after the... Uh, 
mess that was Rocky Five. <laughs> this this was the movie that Rocky fans had needed. Now we're waiting for it. they needed it. Definitely, Chris. It's always nice to see things come back. You know, like if you have a film that you haven't seen, like Star Wars. Obviously, everyone went to see the Phantom Menace, and everyone said, "Oh, it's brilliant." And then the more you watch it, the more you were like, "Oh my god, this is awful." <laughs> this isn't one of those films, luckily. This is a film that you can watch and it still has the same um, heart. It still has the same feel of the Rocky things. It's very much like after the the, the Lethal Weapon 3 or Die Hard that the, it seems to went off the radar and then they've come back and they've done the fourth one and it's it obviously has the main characters and it has something that you can identify with whether it's a case of you know somebody's being kidnapped or what have you obviously I still don't have one Rocky because it's to do with boxing but it's interesting to see how times have changed in the Balboa household since um, the yeah I'll say the awfulness that was Rocky 5 and honestly I don't know many people that would say that they've sat through number five a lot or would recall but I would certainly recommend Rocky Balboa before Rocky 5 any day of the week I wholeheartedly agree with Ryan on this this movie for me just made me so so happy it was unreal because I never went to see any of the Rocky movies in the cinema and I remember watching the DVDs and saying to myself I just want to be in a cinema and see the Rocky logo scroll from right to left with the music going and I'll be a happy man. As soon as that happened, no matter what happened after you, you that... You left, didn't you? I would have... No, well, I wouldn't have left. I was happy having paid my price of admission right there and then. The thing that, for me, I love about this film is, and I don't know about you guys, is it feels... It feels as close to the original for me, in terms of its style, than any of the other movies. Obviously, Rocky is—he's right back down. He's bottom of the ladder again. He owns a wee restaurant. He's back in his old home and all that sort of thing. He's back to what I would feel is the rawness of the original Rocky. What about you, Chris? What do you think? Yeah, I would agree with you there that it's almost like, you know, he's done his luck, he's hit hard times, you know, like as we'll touch on later on, his wife's passed on, him and his son don't really get on, so um, it, it's kind of, he's still visiting her grave, he's, you know, like he still hangs about with Polly, but um, the one thing that always stands out in my mind is how great he looked for the age he was getting in that boxing ring. You know, like, uh, it was just a case of he may have been down his luck, but he could still train. You know, like, obviously he had to do things different again for obvious reasons, but it's just funny the way that you hear Tony explain, you know, you can't do this because of that, and you can't do this because of that, and you can't do that because of this. And um, But yeah, it, it does capture the same essence as the first one does, and to be honest with you, I would have preferred this to be Rocky Five than Rocky Five. Rocky Five kind of tarnishes the the heart of Rocky because of how awful it is. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I. Um, I'm sorry. I agree. <laughs> no, I thought you were on mute there. That's why I was saying. So, no, no, no. Chris has mentioned Rocky Five. That's why Ryan's taking a big deep breath. Uh, my brain shut off for a second. You said Rocky. <laughs> 
Now, this one definitely uh, goes back to the, the original in that Rocky's living the simple life. He's, he's just kind of a nice guy, even though I guess when we first see him in the first movie, he's you know, looking for a mobster. But uh, he's, he's back to being a nice guy. He's kind of at the bottom, but he's, it's where he's comfortable. He's not pretending to be something he isn't. He's not, you know, he doesn't have a robot bringing him Polly a beer. He, uh, <laughs> and I mean, and, and then to make a more literal connection, I mean, Spider Rico is working for him. Yeah. He's, he's washing dishes at the restaurant. It's, it's very much Rocky back to being Rocky where we met him originally. It's, he's kind of come full circle. Definitely. Um, again, back to budgets. This film had a budget of $24 million, which was $4 million less than Rocky Three, excluding inflation and all that complicated razzle-dazzle. Um, is it amazing to see that even though the times have changed and the budget stayed relatively the same, uh, and obviously so much money was made out of this, Ryan? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I mean, when you think about it, it's got it stars Sylvester Stallone, who also wrote and directed it. So, obviously, his take is, is not what it would be in a movie where they got Sylvester Stallone. And who else is in it? It doesn't have any big names in it, and a lot of there are a lot of uh, quote unquote like boxing celebrities, like um, commentators and, and officials and stuff that are in the movie simply because they like like Alan's experience in finally going to see a Rocky movie. They can finally be in a Rocky movie, so they probably did it for next to nothing. Yeah, and then the rest of the characters aren't big name actors. There's no reason to. Uh, to you know, add demand all this money, so it's 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 very much like a legacy. From people just want to be a part of it. Chris, uh, I think the twenty-four million was spent on the CGI fight. That's probably where it was all spent. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously you have your lightning and all that kind of stuff, but it's nice to see like like it's a film that didn't have a really high budget. Obviously, mm. we've heard rumors about the Lone Ranger, and it's meant to have like something like a hundred and fifty million budget. Last I checked, Lone Ranger was on a horse. Is it really that big a, of an expensive horse that you need to spend 150 million? I don't know, but mm-hmm. um, it's nice to see that. Obviously, as you said, Rock, Rocky's went back to his roots, but Rocky hasn't had an extortionate budget because it doesn't need mm-hmm. it. It needs to keep things simple, and yeah. that's what it's done near enough perfectly in this film for me. Mm-hmm. It is amazing to see the fact of that a movie can be made for that sort of money nowadays because obviously you've had the likes of Transformers and you've had Batman and all with these huge budgets. Yes, they've gone on to make a huge amount of money, but for the budget to get that return is unreal. And for the amount of money that was spent in this as well, this was something that Stallone really put interest into. And this was really around the time, the crucial time of you know HD, DVD and Blu-ray. Obviously, we'll get on to the Blu-ray stuff later on. But yeah, because the HD DVD did so well. Yeah, um, but Blu-ray was something Stallone was really interested in. He, for able to do stuff with such a small budget, I think it's, it's a fantastic wee idea. Um, obviously, we see uh, the current champion booed by the fans, Mason the Line Dixon. Um, does this show us that no matter the, no matter the era? The boxing scene in terms of the real life or the Rocky universe stays the same, Ryan? Um, I guess so. I think it just speaks more that, that Rocky's still Rocky, um, regardless of who the champ is now. And, and then he's kind of taken on that that uh, fighting paper champions, and, and you know, he's, he's gotten flack in the movie for not fighting anybody legit. So that's 
that's they fans want a fighting champion, obviously. And then of course you've got Rocky, who people still, you know, despite the fact he's fallen on hard times, uh, he's he's still the man. People still want to cheer for him. Nice, Chris. Uh, yeah, you always have your heroes, and every so often villains will come out. If you, I always seem to hark back to wrestling. But if you see somebody who hasn't been around for a while and they come back say you know like somebody's been on like injured or say if you have somebody come back to just do like a speech say whether it be Jake the Snake Roberts or whatever they'll get a massive pop from the crowd so if you were to get a returning boxing boxer very much in the same vein as Rocky Balboa who the crowd loved and you know um he could change their minds you know not by Jedi mind powers but you know like um like whenever he was in Russia and you know I I was I, I was like uh, took it different that you hated me and I hated you and then we all like got along we went out for dinner and stuff you know um, but it's just a case of seeing how that transpires and to see that everyone will have their favourites and um, Rocky had the heart whereas the current champion at that stage just seemed to be like the Nassim Hamed so to speak of that generation was kind of going in and just locking about and just trying to get on with things and not doing a very good job of it. Yeah, because obviously the movie opens and you see him, he beats his opponent and they explain that, you know, he has never truly been tested. Is there somewhere, you know, someone out there that can take him the distance and all that sort of stuff? So it's like you're thinking, right, that was effectively, you know, Apollo was the champion back in number one. He thought he was the business. Rocky became the business as well. This is just a new generation, and it's the same thing going on because, and I think it was an interesting, like we hark back to the previous movies, the time where you see he's in his big, swanky, fancy training facility. Yeah. And, you know, he's all, he's going on about like oh I'm the champion I beat all these guys and they pretty much turn around and say to him what Mickey said to Rocky and pretty much was like oh they you know they were nobodies they meant nothing they were you know they were good business all that sort of stuff so he pretty much gets told the same thing Rocky did in a not so nice way in comparison to Mickey explained to Rocky you fought Mm husbands but I thought that was a really really nice twist to the character um a really kind of emotional point in this film is we see Polly and Rocky visit the old stomping grounds on a given anniversary in relation to Adrian. Um, obviously, you see him there at uh, the likes of the ice rink and they go to the old pet shop and all that sort of stuff. Um, Polly says he can't do this anymore as he treated her like hell. Does this show us that with age, Polly has mellowed, do you think, Ryan? Uh, I think that's certainly part of it. I think it's just natural that when someone passes away, you 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 the initial reaction unfortunately is to focus on the bad I, I wasn't a very good brother instead of embracing everything that, that the two of you meant to each other um you know she's gone and he's not so he's he's kind of beating himself up over uh what he did wrong um but certainly age plays a part of it i think you, you know you look back on decisions naturally as you get older so that's part of it and then the fact that she's not here for him to say he's sorry after he's mellowed and, and, and changed is, is certainly eating at him and as much as it's eating at Polly, obviously we know that it's still eating at Rocky quite a bit that she's not with him anymore Chris? Yeah it, it kind of shows that Polly wants to move on um, Polly has maybe made his peace that you know like he's treated her like hell 
kind of wants to almost forget about her um, because of how he treated her whereas Rocky is still hanging on to the past visiting the grave you know visiting the spots every year you know like this is where her and I went on our first date this is where you know she worked and she gave me a dog and you know this is where this happened etc etc so Rocky would show more emotion and more um, passion for his wife than maybe his his than Polly would because Polly treated her like crap whereas Rocky cared for her and Rocky would basically do anything that that woman asked him to do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you have hit on every point pretty much that you could say about that but the one thing I'll say about this is this really really adds to the Polly character for me it's just those very words the and the expression on his face that, you know, I can't do this no more, Rocco. You know, it's just he looks genuinely heartbroken. I wouldn't say fed up. It was it's truly his heart is just not there anymore. He cannot go year by year mm-hmm. going to these spots. He needs to, you know, move on. He's at that point of his life where he knows he's pretty old. He can't live his last years, you know, thinking about all the bad things. Obviously, we see uh, Rocky Jr. is in a bar with his workmates. He witnesses on the television a virtual fight uh, between his father and the current champ, Mason Dixon. Um, Was it interesting and also nice to see um, a Rocky in his prime and just seeing what the potential would have been for a fight, Ryan? Um, I think it's it's certainly a fun thing to think about. It's been done enough in real life, like mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali versus Mike Tyson, or even though you know it's wrestling, you know the the different ages coming together. You know who's better? You know this team from the '50s or this team now? This athlete, that athlete. It's certainly a, a fun thing to do and and something that doesn't get to happen. So for something like Rocky, which is a little more unrealistic, and, and it finally can happen. It's, uh, it's certainly great that they can take that next step and make, and make it happen. Cool. Chris? Yeah, I would have liked to see those two characters, you know, like in, say, the new Fight Night or something that was coming out, just like as a cool wee unlockable extra. You know, it's like, so you could then play as that match, you know, or uh, something if you bought the, the Rocky Balboa DVD, you got a special code for either your Xbox or PS3 mm-hmm. for you to download that for Fight Night. That'd be a great tie-in for the two things, and would also mean that you would get to play as Rocky Balboa, not as in like the terrible Rocky game that was out for the Xbox yeah. and PS2, um, that had some guy called Coffee something other who was harder to beat than Apollo Creed. Um, I don't know. I, I just think that would have been a nice little. Um, nice little thing to do because even if they were to use the Fight Night engine and do it that way and then there's you know Fight Night's mentioned in Rocky Balboa and then Rocky Balboa is then uh, kind of packed in with Fight Night in one aspect or another I agree with you there it would have been a very very good idea with Fight Night because obviously Fight Night pushed the Muhammad Ali Mike Tyson thing but they actually had in the most recent fight night they actually had Tommy Morrison who was the guy in Rocky V who played Tommy Gunn mm-hmm. so you would have had your perfect Lincoln it's like obviously yes Tommy Morrison as an actual real in life boxer wasn't a huge name didn't win crazily huge matches or anything like that but it would have been the perfect time in the sense of right the Blu-ray for Rocky Balboa came out 
Oh, by the way, Tommy Morrison, who played Tommy Guns in the game, so we'll link it in downloadable code. That, I think, would be a very good idea. Yeah, most people go, well, Tommy Morrison, was he in Rocky Five? Yeah, I've never seen that film. Yeah, they, they would have been more worried about getting their code for Rocky Bobo. Ryan would have just probably went and burned them all. But it would have been the perfect thing for us. Most mine, likely. <laughs> most likely. Um, <laughs> been the perfect thing for us, because we'd have been able to go download Rocky, take out our frustrations and say, Tommy Morrison, you are responsible for Rocky Five. Yeah, I can't see out of my eyes, you know, because of you, Tommy. <laughs> of course, Rocky meets Little Marie, who is, of course, the girl in the first film who said to Rocky, screw you, creepo. Um, she is actually portrayed by uh, a lady in this movie from Northern Ireland. It shocked me to find out this is the case because her accent was so good in this movie. Um, was it a nice nod to the original film to have this sort of side character from the first film come in and become a major part of the uh, movie, Ryan? Yeah, it's a very nice nod. It's and it kind of what it does more than than a, as as much of a nod as it is to the original. It removes her as a love interest because of how Rocky sees her still as little Marie and the connection, as opposed to just introducing a new character for him to be interacting with. Yeah. This, this, he still sees her as little Marie that he gave the little pep talk to about the rotation and stuff like that, that it removes her as a love interest. It's not a replacement for Adrian by any means. It's just someone for him to play off of in the non-boxing scenes. Um, so and it's, it's just, and again, just, it works also as a nod to the original. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I, it's the thing that it's you know fine rightly from the beginning. There's this is no way an attempt to try and replace Adrian. It's just Rocky being the nice sort of guy that he is. This is someone from his past. Yes, she was a kid and she was mean to him then. You could say, but he understood. You know, you're a kid. That's that. So what I'll do is, by all means, you can come work in the restaurant, come get some free food. But I love the line that. As you were saying, Ryan, he still looks on her as little Marie. Is he says, "The last time I saw you, you was a kid. Now you have a kid of your own." Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. It's just one of those nice wee lines. What about you, Chris? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> with the majority of um, sequels, you know, like if you, especially if you've got a big gap, um, the best thing is to put in something to then go make the people watch. The other ones, you know, so in this one here, obviously, we get um, Little Marie, who's been in the first one, and as you've said, you know, like, um, draws as, you know, like, as a little kid, and um, Rocky just showing the heart that he has, you know, opening up his restaurant to him and his, and her um, son, just to come in and get some food or whatever, because, like, Rocky was down his luck, and he's trying to help others out, because he has a big heart and that kind of stuff, so, yeah, um, good stuff. Her meeting Polly. Her meeting Polly was absolutely hilarious too. When she's working as the hostess at the restaurant, and he comes barreling in like he owns the joint, and she has no idea who he is. That scene cracks me up. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Alan Price has suffered a bit of a, a KO there, a bit of a knockout in the middle of the ring. His laptop decided to die, so it's just uh, Ryan and I. So, Ryan, most Rocky movies have a defining scene. Is the scene with Rocky and his son arguing about the match the defining scene in this film? And if not, what, in your opinion, is? Uh, for me, this is uh, the absolutely the defining moment in the film and a great explanation of why this film needed to happen. Or, or you know, maybe justifying that it did happen at all, and and one of the best 
eh, best is, is stretching it, but one of my personal favorite moments in the in the saga in the Rocky saga itself. I love that scene. And obviously, um, your man who played him was also uh, in Heroes, which was where I knew him from before um, I watched Rocky Balboa. But yeah, it just goes to show that you know he still loves his family, still cares very much for them, and you know like he wants to just go in for one last match, and his son's kind of embarrassed by him and all that kind of stuff. Which obviously most sons seem to be embarrassed by their fathers. It's what sons and fathers do. That's right. Yeah, Alan nods in agreement. Apparently, I have okay. to translate what he's saying. Nodding, um, nodding is good. You want nodding on a, on a nodding on is good. Audio nodding podcast. is what you want it on yes. the podcast. As I'm nodding with you in agreement, Ryan. Uh, Ryan, Rocky still shows the eye of the tiger with the bite ending in a split decision against the champion again, giving a nod to the original. Was this for you a believable match? No, but it <laughs> it, it doesn't matter all if it's believable. Across the way was no. <laughs> yeah, well, that's. It's not believable, but it's Rocky. It doesn't need to be believable. I think it's believable that uh, it ends with a split decision, and I do believe he's he's he loses. Does he lose? I don't remember. Um, but he's walking out. He did what he came to do, yeah. and he he does it. He's not going to stick around for the decision. It doesn't matter. He did the the beast is gone. He did what he was there to do, and for me that was uh, that was pretty awesome. He doesn't care if he won or lost. Okay. Obviously, um, on the Blu-ray, we have a alternative ending with the um, champ- with the champion losing and Rocky winning. Um, do you prefer that ending, or are you not really fussed one way or the other? Would you prefer um, just a normal ending, or uh, is this one you've seen or not? I can't actually speak to that, because I've not seen the bonus ending, but since I can't remember how the regular version ends <laughs> I guess it doesn't really matter um, I don't think that it would matter to me again I, I like the ending uh, the bonus ending might be just one of those things where it's like oh that's cool but uh, like I said for me it's he, he, he went and he did what he went, went to do he, he didn't fight the guy to win he, you know so the, the ending that we've got is fine but I can't honestly answer the question because I've not seen the alternate ending so okay Okay, with the last question, in the closing shot, Rocky visits Adrian's grave, thanking her for allowing him to say, Yo, Adrian, we did it one last time. Obviously, you've had your favourites and your least favourite endings. <laughs> what would this for you be a perfect ending? Uh, I think it's a very, very, very good ending to the franchise. I don't think it's the best ending in a Rocky movie, but it's it's... Oh, it's infinitely better than five. Again, this whole movie exists so that five doesn't have to be the end. And I, and if that was the case, I'd be fine with that. It's it's a very very good ending. It's a very emotional ending. Um, unfortunately, most of us, me especially, know what it's like to say goodbye to someone. So it's it's it, it hits home. It it works, and uh, it's it's a terrific terrific ending. Literally, it's the ending. I don't. We can't. If we have another one after this, despite what the Simpsons will tell you, there will not be an Adrian's or Rocky Seven Adrian's Revenge, um, and this 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 better be it. So, and it, and if it is, it's it went out the way it should. Okay, sorry, everything's kind of gone to pot because there was like dogs in here, and I'll knock his headphones <laughs> on the floor. So I wondered um, which one of you started breathing heavy all of a sudden. Well, that was, that was me. <laughs> um, so Ryan, um, before you go. Um, if you had to, obviously your six films. If you had to rank them, um, oh, obviously one being the best, six being the worst. How would you rank them, sir? All Alan right, Price well, is sitting beside me right now, so let me just do this. 
Go one ahead, is the, sir. One is the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, six, Rocky Bobo is my second favorite. Uh, wow. I have to go three with me, my third favorite. Most Maybe just because it's the best. The first one I saw, uh, things like that. I think it is a lot of fun. Four, despite being a guilty pleasure and one of my favorite movies, is the fourth best one. The second one is the fifth best or second worst, however you want to look at that. Uh, I just, again, whatever it is, I just don't care for the second one. It doesn't, it doesn't resonate with me at all. And then five out of the six movies is the seventh best Rocky movie. <laughs> no, you cannot use five and best in that. No, that does not uh, yes. work. It is the worst. It is far the worst. On a scale of one to ten, I give it a negative 17. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. Uh, hey! It's a wee bit untoward. I'm not on my computer. I've moved over to the other microphone. Um, in terms of best Rocky movies and worst Rocky movies, um, I would probably have the same list as you, Ryan, except I would probably switch three and four around because I very much enjoy number four a wee bit more than number three. I would say number three would be my favourite, followed by number four, then number one. Rocky Balboa, number two, and then number five is just like, you know, like you can even insert it, insert there, Rocky Balboa montages uh, before Rocky Five even gets a mention. But um, Ryan, thank you so much for taking um, so much time to sit with with us, um, then me, and then us again um, to come on and talk about Rocky. Um, obviously, you're a big um, contributor on Pop Culture Network, so the floor is yours, sir. Make sure you promote whatever you do. And just once again, thanks for coming on Operation Retroshock, and hopefully we'll have you on again. I know you've got some stuff lined up about a certain um, television show that we may be airing an episode of. It's it's a television show and so much more, but that's all we're going to say for right now. Um, but no, thank you very much. It's it's been a blast to finally get a get a chance to uh, join you guys on RetroShock. And like you mentioned, for everyone listening, I am another contributor for the Pop Culture Network. You're going to find me hanging out in the comic realm. Uh, doing reviews every week, uh, advanced reviews of what's coming out, and then after the books come out, I go get my comics and review them so you all know what I think of them. And for those of you who do not know, and I'm not entirely sure when this episode will air, but September is a big month in comics as the new DC Universe makes its debut. So uh, stay tuned to Pop Culture Network as we keep you up to date on all the new titles and and all the goings-on in the comics world. Okay. Well, Ryan, just thank you so much once again for coming on. It's been a blast to talk to you about Rocky. So, um, I've been Chris Vint. I've been Alan Price, here and there and everywhere. Uh, who have you been, sir? Uh, I have been and forever shall be Ryan Porter. Okay, well, thank you very much, Ryan, for joining <laughs> us. And uh, hope you've enjoyed this two-part episode of the Look at Rocky Bob Boy. Hey, yo, Adrian! Yo, everyone, we did it! Uh, yeah, uh, no thanks to Alan and his dropping headsets and malfunctioning computers, but we did it. So uh, join us next time, folks, and goodbye. You know, I could have done nothing without you. Yo, Adrian, we did it. <laughs>